بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله النبي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الفهم وأكرمني من نور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين We continue our discussion based on the book Divine Justice by Ayatollah Mutahari. Alhamdulillah, we managed to have already few sessions. And the topic for today is Badbiniya Falsafi. Philosophical pessimism. Philosophical pessimism. He says one of the issues related to the problem of evil is that some people have developed philosophical pessimism. And these are normally philosophers who are materialist. They don't believe in God and creation. They believe this world is the only thing which exists, only this physical world. There is no God, angels, you know, hereafter, nothing. Just this physical world. And this is just by accident, by chance, but, you know, out of, for example, explosion. So these people are not able to understand why the world is like this that we have. And one of the things he mentions, and I hope inshallah you would read the text carefully, is how much these people may suffer. You know, in some of the lectures I have talked about this, that Today, we have two problems in the world, major problems. Of course, there can be more, but these are two major problems. There are people who have not experienced love for God. You know, we have many people that consciously, they don't believe in God. Maybe unconsciously, they believe in God. But consciously, they say we don't believe in God. And they don't have the experience of loving for God, which is very difficult. And we don't understand how much they suffer, even if they are, you know, smiling, even if they are well off, they suffer because they have no sense of belonging. Mm. You know, they are really orphaned. An orphan is not the one who has no father or mother. Oh. A real orphan is the one that who does not know whether he had a father or mother. Oh. Or these people, even worse, they say we have no mother and father. Oh. We have no creator. We are just here by chance, by accident. Okay? So they have no sense of belonging. They are really a stranger in this world. And the whole world is a stranger. So a stranger in a stranger land. Okay, this is the problem. We have another problem in the world. That there are people who believe in God. They have religion. They are religious. But their love for God is not genuine. They think they love God. But their love for God is possessive. They want to own God. God is mine, not yours. The maximum they can accept is that, for example, people from my sect, they also can have the same God. But not people from other sects or people from other religions. They want to have monopoly over God. 
this is very destructive and damaging, and I have explained this in some lectures. I don't want to discuss this now. It's a very important discussion. So, Ayatollah Mutahari here is somehow referring to the first part. The people who have no faith, no love for God, they are really suffering. Okay? Of course, no one is responsible for that except maybe themselves or people who have not given them proper education, proper orientation. But anyway, they suffer. So, he says, these people, because they see no aim in creation, no purpose in creation, then for them to have aim and purpose is not very much meaningful. They see no justice in the world. So for them to observe justice is not meaningful or can be an exception. So they don't see any match between moral virtues and the creation and the world. And he says, you find that among most developed nations, the rate of suicide is higher. You know, maybe you expect that, for example, people who are very poor, they should commit suicide more. But actually, people who are very poor, they don't commit suicide that, that much. People who are very rich, very well educated, you find they commit suicide. In some very uh, affluent countries, the rate of suicide is very high. Why? Because when you have a still need for money or education, you know, your life is difficult, sometimes that can keep you busy. Or if you have faith, that gives you hope. But if you have no faith, and also you have met all your basic needs, now is the time that you need a purpose, you need meaning for your life. If you don't have that purpose, and you are not struggling, then you say, why should I continue? I don't have anyone to love me or to love. I don't have any family, I don't have any you know, wife or husband or children who care for me. I have become just like a robot. Why I should continue? So unfortunately, some people commit suicides. They become very pessimistic. So he says, you find some philosophers even have said this. He refers to Nietzsche and Schopenhauer. For example, Nietzsche, in a letter that he wrote to his sister, towards the end of his life. He says, by the passage of time and approaching end of my life, life is becoming more and more difficult. He says, those years that I was ill and very weak were not as bad as life today, when I have no hope. And I am full of grief. And he said, the disagreements that I had with people has taken away from me trust in people. And he says, I am now very much alone. I feel very much lonely. There is no one with whom I can smile or have a cup of you know, tea. There is no one to show love to me. So, part of the problem is materialistic life of society. Part of it is that this philosopher, because of his own philosophy, has isolated himself from people. And now he's in such a dark situation that he feels there is no hope, no love, no care. 
and he is full of grief. And Schopenhauer also says something, you know, in the same line. For example, he says, the main basis of life is suffering and pain. It says, indeed, there is no pleasure. Maximum is that you don't have pain. He says, pleasure is just absence of pain. And he says, continuously, pains repeat. If you don't marry, you have problems. If you marry, you have many problems. <laughs> this is what he says. So if you don't marry, suffer. If you marry, suffer you have many sufferings. So what can you do? <laughs> he says, love is also a problem. He says, I'm not saying this. He says, when you love a woman, then people think this is a source of joy. What he says, this is the beginning of lots of pain and grief and sorrow. And you know, some people say love is weakness. Yes. You know, when you love someone, it's a sign of weakness. Anyway, you find among also some uh, Muslim people, I mean the Muslim world, not really maybe faithful, they also had this idea. Like Abu Ala Mu'abra, he had also some pessimistic philosophy. Or Khayyam. But the poet, because uh, you know, there is a, Ayatollah Muntahari says there is a discussion whether Khayyam, the poet, is the same as Khayyam, the mathematician. Because Khayyam, the mathematician, he says, seems to be someone who understands these things properly. And Khayyam, the poet, is the one who had these misunderstandings. They're not the same person. He says it seems they are not the same person. Or if they are the same person, so maybe these poems are not really for him. And they are attributed to him. Or maybe they are said as a kind of God, you know, a kind of joking or teasing. They had also some similar ideas. But mystics, divine philosophers, we mean by divine philosophers, those who have divine philosophy, those who have theosophy. Believers, they don't have pessimism. For example, he refers to Mawlavi, Rumi. You know? Ayatollah Mutahri many times in his books refer to Ibn Arabi and to Mawlavi, Rumi. He says, for Rumi, human beings are the source and the focal point for pleasure and happiness and joy. Not you just can be happy. No more than that. They say you are the source of happiness. You are the mind for happiness. Provided that you benefit, you utilize it. Okay? According to Rumi, there is no grief in the world that you cannot change it into joy. If you know how to do it, you can change grief into joy and sorrow into pleasure, pain into pleasure. And he criticizes the people who think pleasure comes from listening to sinful music or dancing or, for example, you know, sexual relation. He thinks these are not the real sources of joy for human beings. These are very superficial. For example, there is a section here. I refer to some of the couplets. He addresses human beings. He says, Ey hame darya. Nam. says, you are a full sea, ocean. You are a complete ocean. 
why you are looking for humidity nam means humidity yeah you are ocean you, you are looking for humidity for moisturizer <laughs> you are wei hame hasti chemi ju i adam you are full of existence why you are looking for non existence to khoshi yo khubo kane har khoshi you are happy and good and you are the mind mind you know I mean source for all the good things and for all the pleasure to chera khod minnate bade kishi why you are begging wine to give you pleasure a cup of wine you don't need a cup of wine to give you pleasure you are full of pleasure taj karam nast bar farq sarat allah has put the crown of karamna bani adam on your head tawq a'tainak awiz barat and allah has put as necklace and na a'tainak so why you are looking for something from outside therefore he says people like molavi like rumi no matter what happens they are full of joy and he has in another place a poem which is very famous ashiqam bar qahru bar lutfash bijad ای عجب من عاشق این هر دو زد This is very important point He says whether my beloved is showing favor to me or he is showing you know unhappiness whether he's talking to me with joy or he doesn't talk to me I am loving him I love him when he talks to me and I love when he is angry and doesn't talk to me I love him or her whatever ay ajab man aashiq in her it's strange that I love two opposite things I love my beloved talking to me I love my beloved you know not talking to me because talking and not talking is the surface what is important is behind that Yeah I love the one who is behind this and the only thing that a lover cannot tolerate is if the beloved says I don't love you but if he says I love you but he is even shouting at me and even beating me it's okay just I want to know that he loves me You know we have in the munajat this beautiful saying ilahi lakal rutba hatta tarba oh allah as much as you want blame me but please don't disconnect from me blame me till you become happy with me you know but don't say i don't want you that's the worst thing so he says it's strange that i love two opposite things whether so in life whether you have problems or you don't have problems whether it is osro or yosro health or illness rich or poverty fame or loneliness it shouldn't make difference yeah it doesn't make difference because you have allah subhanahu wa ta'ala these are only on the surface he says saadi is like this hafiz is like this there are many mystical poets who have the same idea and he says this is not about irfan only or about tasawuf you know only this is about iman whoever has iman has this condition and he says those who lack iman lack of iman leads to lack of balance and lack of balance produces pain iman has the power 
of transforming pain into pleasure, grief into joy. And then he says, those who believe when problems happen to them, they say, inna lillah wa inna ilayhi rajim. There are two important things. And then after these two, nothing is important. We are from God, alhamdulillah. And we are going back to him, alhamdulillah. <laughs> Anything happens in between is not that important. The main thing is that we are from him. We are not from a bad place or unknown place. And we are going back to him. That's the main thing. Just we have to make sure that how we go back to him. Yeah, that's the main thing. Then he mentions a story. I'm sure you have heard this story. During the time of the Prophet ﷺ, there was a companion of the Prophet called Abu Talha. And he had a very faithful wife, Mu'mina, called Umm Salim or Umm Sulaim. Both can be. Abu Talha and Umm Salim had a son and they loved their son very much. But their son became ill and the illness increased. And when the mother realized that the son is going to die, said to, his, to her husband, you know, please go to the prophet, you know. Didn't want her husband to see the death of their son. So said, you know, you go and, for example, see the prophet. When he left, the son died. So he put their son in another room and told people at home, no one should say anything to Abu Talha. He made a very delicious food and uh, made home very clean mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. uh, you know kind of used you know perfume things like this and when her husband returned no sign of grief or crying welcome her husband and her husband said how is our son he's a good place mm -hmm. he's in a good situation he's in a good condition he has rest so uh, gave him very good food and then they slept together and then he said to her husband if someone gives you or gives us amana and i give back amana are you unhappy he said no why should we should give amana back so she said our son now is taken back by allah subhanahu and this man was moved, said, you know, if someone is going to be in pain, must be mother more than me. Mm -hmm. And they said, the mother is so patient and is giving comfort to him. So he managed to control himself and went to Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then explained, and Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, May Allah bless your day today and give you very pure progeny. And I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that in my ummah we have people like that patient woman in Bani Israel. So this person is also very, this lady is very patient. So how a mother can lose her child and control herself and indeed give comfort to her husband without iman it's very very difficult i'm not saying it's impossible but it's very very difficult but with iman you say okay this amana from allah we did everything to look after our child there was no treatment or nothing that we didn't do but now he's dying so we should be happy that the amana is given back to the one who owns it. So, this is the power of Iman that makes
to face all the challenges and remain tranquil and peaceful. Then he says, William James, who is an American, you know, psychologist and, you know, thinker, in his book about religions and uh, morality, he says, the people who have no faith and they just to need, uh, try to be moral, for them, moral responsibilities are dry and, you know, spiritless, and it's like burden. You know, if you don't have faith, you can be still moral, but it's very difficult. Why I should be moral? Why I should keep all these? Of course, I say even people who are not religious can be moral. And, you know, maybe if they understand the honor that Allah has put in human beings, it, it can be even not very difficult. But relatively, it's more difficult than people who have faith. Because when you have faith, you do things with joy, out of love. When you don't have faith, it's like a person who has difficult responsibilities and duties and have to cope with them, but doesn't know why. Who has put me in this condition? Why I am created? Why I'm here? Then he says, sometimes in literature, we find some people, some writers, some poets, have either objected problems in the world or what he calls dalal dalal you know dalal we had it last year i think in one of the courses you know dalal means naz kardan we had this that uh, sometimes the beloved to draw more attention of the lover shows lack of interest in the lover. So now scared that. All the aspirants know. You remember? <laughs> we had this discussion. I don't know in which lesson was that we talked about this. Yeah. Uh, I remember that. Pardon? Akhla. Was in Akhla? Yeah. yeah. So, sometimes maybe they are just complaining to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not in the sense of they don't trust Allah or they don't believe in Allah, but maybe they want Allah to come and say, don't worry, I love you, you know, something like this. So it's a kind of dalal, a kind of non-skardan, or maybe a little objection, protest. For example, he refers to Khayyam, the famous Iranian poet, which might be different from Khayyam, who is the mathematician, maybe the same, he is a, who has some poems, Rubaiyat, Rubaiyat are two couplets, four pieces, that show he is not convinced about the wisdom in this world, he, is, you know, he, he has objections, he has problems, he's pessimist. But of course, maybe this is only superficial. For example, I just say some of them, he says, Aflaq kejuz gam nafzayand digar nanahand bejata narubayand digar. He says, these stars, you know, they used to somehow associate your destiny with stars. He says, these stars only bring sorrow and grief. They don't give you anything unless they take something. Nanahand beja, they don't leave anything. unless they steal something. So you receive a good news today. Today evening or tomorrow, you receive a bad news. So this is the way he was complaining. Naamadegan. اگر بدانند که ما از در چه می کشیم نایند دگر He said those who are not yet born If they knew what we do and what we suffer They would not have come to this world So this is a little complaint uh, Of course 
we can answer this. And maybe he himself, you know, didn't say this, you know, sometime, you know, it's kind of teasing, maybe. He says, چون حاصل آدمی در این شورستان جز خوردن قصه نیست تا کندن جان خورم دل آن که زین جهان زود برفت واسوده کسی که خود نیامد به جهان He says, you know شورستان when you have a land which is salty it's not fertile bad land Yes, barren, you cannot grow anything in sure, 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 in a salty. Okay? So he says, in this salty land, is this barren land, we have no achievement except grief. The only thing that we can grow in this land is salt. Okay? So, he says, it's better that you die sooner and it's even better if you don't come to this world, if you are not born. This is, you know, pessimism. This is the situation of someone who is suffering and doesn't see anything beyond that suffering, that nothing to give him hope, you know. One, two, three problems have preoccupied his mind. The whole world is for him dark, disaster. Okay? Yes. But could he have not seen something much better? Pardon? Could he have not seen something much yeah. better? And this world is dark for him because he's seen something better. Yes. He cannot, unfortunately. No, I mean, like... He, spiritually, he's seen something much greater, much better, and this world for him just seems dark. Yeah, but the problem is that this type of approach, in, in the surface, it's complaining about the world, but indeed, it's complaining about creator of the world. Because in a sense, he's saying why we are created, why this world is like this. So Ayatollah Mutahari says, there is a hadith, of course this hadith, it's in need of further investigation. Some people have said this hadith might not be authentic. But some people have mentioned this hadith. The idea is okay. It says, La tasubbu dahr. You know dahr, ruzegar means time, but not time in the sense of hours. It means the whole world, life. لا تصب الدهر Don't swear at time or age زمان You know, sometimes complain Of course, in a sense it's okay but you should know the limit So, because فَإِنَّ الدَّهْرُ هُوَ اللَّهِ Of course, if you translate it literally this cannot be accepted but in the sense that complaining about Ruzegar, about life, is complaining about the Creator. Yeah? If I say life is bad, you know, this world is bad, my children are bad, my family are bad, people are bad, you know, everything is bad, air is bad, weather is bad, you know, water is bad. <laughs> so, then you are indeed complaining Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah? Because if I go to a place and I say this door is bad, this window is bad, the ceiling is bad, the pillar is bad, then the builder would say, are you angry with me? You don't see anything good here. This is why those who are mystic, they are quite opposite. They, first of all, they see everything beautiful. Even if there is something that for them at this moment is difficult, in general it's okay, but still they don't complain. For example, if weather is very hot, okay, if weather is very hot, then don't say it's bad. They don't say weather is bad. It's hot, 
but not bad. Because when you say bad, you are evaluating. Who am I to say it's bad? I am bad for this weather. <laughs> not that this weather is bad. <laughs> this weather is very good. There was a person that, I don't remember the name, I read this story many years ago, that one day he went to a very nice place, weather was very good, and he said, what a beautiful weather. And then he regretted. Even to say what a beautiful weather, he regretted. Why? Because he said, it means that I wanted to say previous days were not good. If I say what a nice weather today, it means that I am not happy about previous days. Even this is not good. These, are, these people are this much careful. Yeah? So, we cannot find anything bad in this world. And if there is something that for me is not pleasant, it's my problem. It's my limitation. Yeah? Imagine, for example, I go to a country, they speak, for example, French. <coughs> I suffer. It's not my problem. It's my problem, not their problem. Because I don't know their language. They come to my country, they suffer. It's not the problem of people or language. I don't know the language. If I knew it, I would enjoy it. Yes. These are the natural phenomena, but what about the people-created phenomena, like oppression in the world, people are getting getting died, or some other problem, there are so many poor people. These problems created by the human being. If someone gets decided watching this, can't yeah. do anything. Okay. What about that person? So, when there is a problem, like man-made problems, again here, the system is okay. We should not question the system. Oh Allah, why you created them with free will? Okay, free will is given to you, to them, and there is no problem in We should be thankful for having free will, otherwise we are not human beings. But some people within the system may misuse their free will. So we should not blame Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should know that even this misuse of free will by them would not deprive us from happiness. Your happiness is made only by you. And no one can make it for you or damage it. You can use this as an opportunity. So Ayatollah Mutari says something very beautiful. We will explain it throughout the book. All the problems that happen to you are either because of your mistakes, so it's a kind of suffering so that you be refined, or there are opportunities for improvement, for progress. So either you caused it now because of this problem, you will be purified and cleansed, or it's opportunity. Okay? So, there is no way to be complaining about the system, about the creation, if you understand. Or if you don't understand, at least you trust. You may say, my knowledge is very limited, I cannot understand everything, but I know that Allah has all the knowledge and all the power and all the good, He's benevolent. So even if I don't understand details, I trust. Like a person that is the best architect of the world. Now he says that you have to make this bridge like this. You don't understand, but it's not a condition that you should understand. If you were able to understand, then you could have made yourself this bridge. Why you are asking him? Because you don't know how to do it. So, so this is a, then 
for them to realize their problem and improve. They should improve. So it's not that they are predestined to be jealous. So the, the people towards whom they have jealousy, okay, this is like crime being committed against them. This is opportunity for them. Because in this way, they can improve. When people do zulm to you, and you trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will be improved. For them it's bad, but they can stop. For those who are jealous. Okay, so... He says, Nasir Khosro, who was a real Hakim and you know a good philosopher, there are also some poems that are attributed to him which show pessimism and complaint. But he says maybe it's not from Nasir Khosro because he was a man of understanding, or maybe it's again like Dalal, a kind of just trying to bring Allah's attention to himself. And the main thing in this poem is about why some people are very beautiful and some are not very beautiful. And then he says, Oh Allah, why you made you know, some people so beautiful that, you know, some women, that then it would be difficult, you know, for, for example, a person to resist against temptations. Something like this. So they say, maybe this is not from Nasser Khosrow, but anything. What is important is, as long as these are expressions of some superficial feelings, okay, it can be understood, of course, it's better not to say these things, but it can be understood. But if they are serious, it shows lack of understanding, lack of faith. It means that this person has not been able to go a little bit deeper and understand how this world is created and what is the purpose. So, we move on now to the next section to go deeper in analyzing the problems and the differences. There are two issues that we should address. Why there are differences? Why some people are beautiful, for example, some not? Why? There are problems. So we will discuss about problems and differences. Yes? There is one question. I wanted to give it for the end of the lecture. Yeah. But uh, this is worrying me because there is an article, a, a statement here which is Qad Rasulullah Sallallahu They say, Time is Allah. Time, I said, this hadith, uh, some people say it's not authentic. No, it's authentic. I yeah. Yeah. In the footnote, it says that. Is it? Yeah. Uh, it might not be authentic if it is authentic so you have to interpret in this way that don't complain or don't swear at time because this goes back to Allah because he's the creator of time not that time is Allah some people said this is made by Dahriya but if you say it's authentic at this then interpretation is different that don't complain because then it, this complaint goes back to the creator of time. Yes? I read in a Quran or tradition before where the question was asked, what's the difference between religion and love? And the response was that, what is religion? If it's not love, then love encompasses all of religion. Hmm. So would you say that... This is hadith. This is hadith, right? Would you say that's more the case? Or is it, would you say that love is a part of religion? Okay, so it's authentic belief. Yes. Someone said, is love, is hope from deen? Imam said, is religion anything other than love? Yes. You have a question? Uh, just regarding this narration that some say is not authentic, we have other narrations which are maybe um, better for this. Like if someone Aswakan wakes up complaining, means he's complaining, he's angry at Allah's uh, decrees. So maybe it's better word than some, some other narrations. Yeah. yeah, we can have many uh, different things here. 
but uh, this one because it's just directly about Dahr and in literature, in mystical literature, they talk a lot about Dahr and Ruzegar, you know, and complaining about uh, even we have this poem, Ya Dahr of Ben Lakam and Khalili, Kam Lakabel Ashrag Wal Asili, you know. Yes. You have a question? Okay, we move on to the next section. Now we want to, so far, of course, I hope the problem is solved already, but still we have not entered solution. We were just explaining. But Alhamdulillah, I think the discussion of Ayatollah Mutari was so good that hopefully the problem is solved. So now we go to this next section is about how to solve the problem, how to answer this issue, question. So he says the issue of best system, you remember we talked about Nizam Ahsan, the best system, this is the best possible creation. And the issue of existence of evil, evil in the world, these are some of the most important questions in philosophy. Both Eastern philosophers and Western philosophers have addressed this issue. He says According to my knowledge, no sufficient answer has been given by Western philosophers. But he says, Muslim philosophers have analyzed this question very well. And they have actually uh, shed light on some important secrets when they answered this question. And he says, unfortunately, many people don't know about Islamic philosophy. And they think Islamic philosophy is just a translation of Greek philosophy. And they also attack you know, Muslim philosophers that why you have just imported you know, this foreign element. But he says, Islamic philosophy and Greek philosophy are very much different. Although Muslim philosophers read Greek philosophy, but they have developed it a lot. Ayatollah Mutahin in some of his books mentions there are so many new issues that are totally new. They were not addressed at all in Greek philosophy. Come in addition to the same issues with different treatment. So he says, the difference between uh, Einstein's physics and physics of uh, Greek you know, physicists is like the difference between Islamic philosophy and Greek philosophy. He says, even a person like Avicenna, not Mullah Sadr, for example, even Avicenna that is known to the Western academia, but he says, still there are many issues that people don't know about Avicenna in the West. He says that, for example, <clears throat> the famous idea of Descartes, René Descartes, the French philosopher, who said, cogito ego sum, yeah, I think, therefore I am. You know, this was the basis of his philosophy and how to overcome doubt. Because he said, I doubted in everything, but then I realized that if I doubt in everything, I cannot doubt in doubting. Mm -hmm. And because I doubt, I exist. Mm -hmm. So he based his philosophy on this. I doubt, so I exist. He says, much before than him, Ibn Sina mentioned this point and criticized actually this point. Uh, that, you know, because many philosophers have criticized Descartes in the sense that so when you say, I doubt, therefore I exist, mm -hmm. actually, you cannot doubt, uh, you cannot be sure about doubting unless you know that you exist. So there's a technical discussion here in philosophy. He says, Avicenna has mentioned this and even has answered and criticized this. But because they didn't know, they thought Descartes was the first person who has talked about this. So, anyway, this was a kind of little... Uh, we say in Farsi, dar de de. <laughs> what is in, in English? In English? Heart ache. Heart 
Yeah, it makes. No, it's used in this sense. It's not in that sense, huh? Yeah. Or is it? You know, means I have a pain in my heart that I want to mention to people to show sympathy to me. Yes. Pardon? Get off your chest. Get off your chest. Ah, get off your chest. Yeah. So just he wanted to say this because unfortunately some people didn't appreciate Islamic philosophy. So and still we have some people. So he wanted to say this just here. Now we go back to the question. Yes. We don't know. You know, sometimes it's very interesting that sometimes you find ideas coming one after the other very similar, but you cannot be sure that this person has taken from that person. Even sometimes they can be, for example, similar ideas, you know, like, for example, Ghazali also talks about doubt. Descartes also talks about doubt. But it's not necessarily because, for example, one has taken from the other. So unless there are lots of similarities and evidence that this person has taken from another person. But what is important is that at least even people who came after him, they didn't notice that this is not new. This is something which was mentioned before. Yes. Uh, I think this uh, book called Pandit Tariq, uh, uh, Imam Sadiq Islam, Abu Shakir Kisani, when he was atheist, he came to Imam and he asked any belief about God. So Imam Islam gave him the same belief. He said that if, if I... It's not in Tawhid, maybe in Tawhid, but I read in a different book. It's a little story. So Imam said that, uh, forget everything, that I know that I am. There was a time when I was nowhere. Either I have created myself, mm -hmm. something like this, I don't That's remember. another argument. So isn't it say that, like uh, this philosopher said that, because I no, am... No, so I uh, am. because Descartes' question is more a matter of epistemology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How to establish certainty. This is more a question of metaphysics, a question of existence of God. It's a related, but not exactly this. Okay. He says, there are different ways to answer these questions about justice, divine justice. He says, those who have faith, whether Muslims, Christians, Jews, they have one general answer. And they say, because we know for sure, and we have, for example, Muslims, you know, they bring arguments for existence of God. Maybe some people don't believe arguments. They say faith is a matter of um, taking risk. But in Islam, we say we bring arguments. We prove that God exists, God has knowledge, God has power, God is benevolent. And therefore, they say we trust God's choices and God's creation. And even if we don't know what is the reason behind every single decree and you know, decision of God, we accept it. Like you trust your doctor, you trust your engineer, you know, whatever. So this is a general answer that believers say without being in need of going into all cases, all details. And he says, these people, when they don't understand something, they say, okay, our knowledge is not enough and we cannot explain this. He says, this is good. We are not saying this is bad, but we can go even further. We don't need to just you know, stop here and say, we don't understand everything and we just trust God. Like when we read a book by a great scholar, if you don't understand certain things, you don't question his knowledge. 
You say, I don't understand. Ahle mm hadith, -hmm. so this is about normal believers who are not scholars, may answer this way, which is not bad, which is good, but we can go beyond. Ahle hadith, people of hadith also normally don't discuss these issues. You know, Ahle hadith normally don't welcome questions. They just say you should accept it. You remember we said about Ar-Rahman and Al-Arsh Estawa. Asking questions. I said, So, they don't encourage. Also, they don't talk about this because for them, anything that God does is just and they don't need to worry about, def you know, this, they sort it out by definition. They say, whatever God does is just. Even if he sends good people to help, that's okay. So for them, it's also not an issue. Then he says, but other theologians, they are not satisfied with this, and they try to understand the secrets of creation, what are the benefits, what are the uh, advantages of these creations. They try to explain. But he says the best, perhaps, approach is approach of hukamaya ilahi, divine philosophers or you know, theosophers. These are the people that they try to explain things with lemmy approach. Uh, let me explain for you this terminology. You had it in mantel, in logic. We have burhan lem, burhan en. Remember, burhan lem, burhan en. Burhan lem is when from cause you move towards the effect. For example, you say because there is fire, there is a smoke. Burhan en is from ma'lul to a You say there is a smoke, so there is fire. En, Burhan enni is when from ma'lul you go to illa, or from another ma'lul you go to another ma'lul. You know, from one ma'lul to another ma'lul, or from ma'lul to illa. This is Burhan en. Burhan lem is that you know the cause, and you know you use the cause as reason to go towards effect. That's the best type of argument. That you know the cause, and cause is the reason. Okay? So, philosophers, divine philosophers, or godly philosophers, they use lemmy approach. What does it mean? He says, of course, it's more than this book, uh, but he just makes a few lines. To understand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the cause, and then say Allah is beautiful, and this world is the shadow of Allah, is manifestation of Allah, and shadow of beautiful is beautiful, manifestation of beautiful is beautiful. Okay? So, from cause, you go to effect. Allah is absolutely beautiful. Jamila ala al-itlaq. Unconditionally, from every aspect is beautiful. And he has created this world. And creation of the most beautiful is most beautiful of creation. Yeah? Creation of most beautiful is most beautiful of creation. Also, Muslim philosophers have, in addition to this, analyzed shurur, problems in the world, evil in the world. And they say, these are negational, these are adami. Wujud is always good. Shar is like shadow, and it's relative. We will talk about it. Shar is accidental. What is created is good. This good which is created 
can be for me bad. But this is not essence of it. Then he says, we don't talk that much about this, but I think this even this much is helpful that we explain. He says, now we are going to refer to those questions that we had before. And first, we talk about Tab'izha. You know, some people say there has been dis there is discrimination in the world. We will talk about this. Why there are differences in the world? Why some people have children, some people have no children, some people have money, some people have no money, some people are healthy, some are, you know. What is the reason? Are these discriminations? Or these are differences? What, why we have these differences? And then about shurur, about the evil in the world. So, inshallah, we continue this uh, next session. وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين. Yes.